Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. How's it going, man? Oh, man. I don't even know where we're going with today's episode. I'm glad I waited. I just know it's going to be good. I think it'll be funny. It will definitely be funny um, and rewarding and filled with gratitude. Anyway. The only guest we've ever had on a live stream that was listening in the shower is here. That's actually how you get booked on the show. Yeah. Just don't send pictures. Well, anyway, I'd like to welcome Austin Wright with the FPV experience. Hello, chums. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, God. He turned British on us. Hi. I'm going to do the whole thing in an accent. Please don't. That's my Topeka accent. This one is. But you did determine that they say Watson differently, right? Watson. Yeah. Watson is how we pronounce Watson in Topeka. Well, Watson. Austin, you're someone we've known for a while, and you are uh, always an interesting and spirited individual. Um, and you got quite the hustle going on with FP- FPV. Yes, yes. Um, well, first off, let's let's uh, let's talk about you, okay, and your feelings. No, not really. Is the video on? It is not. Damn it! It's not. We don't know how to make it work right. Okay. Yeah. Soon. Why did you want to? Well, no. I mean, I I showered. My hair looks good. And you have a face for radio for sure, bro. Just like just like <laughs> Watson. I dressed up for this. So yeah, just, you totally did. That you totally did. Me. You look good. Okay. Um. So anyway, uh, you have an interesting background. Uh, you your first uh, uh mainstream uh foray into entrepreneurship was as a comedian, wasn't it? Or what, um, yeah, I mean, okay, so years ago, I started a video game lounge in Topeka, and that was in 2000-ish, and um, it was called A-Dub's Game Plan. Plan was spelled a capital L-A-N for local area network, and it was kind of the first place, and it was kind of unheard of at the time, where you could go and play Xbox and PlayStation, and everything was hooked up together, so you could sit at one of 20 different screens and play with all your friends on the same map or whatever on different TVs on, you know, video games. That's cool. Geeky. Halo, Call of Duty, that kind of stuff. Okay. And How'd so, that go? Uh, good for about 12 or 13 months. And then I had issues with my landlord. And it, it was just a, I mean, we can go down that whole road later, but it was just a bad landlord to get in business with at the time. And he's kind of a notorious guy in, in, in my city. And um, so, anyways, one of those deals, but uh, live and learn. First okay. business. And then, yeah, uh, quit that, did a bunch of other stuff. I've always sold advertising, like junk with logos on it, your stickers and stuff like that. Um, and so that kind of made me a little bit in income while I was doing other things. And then I turned to comedy. I literally didn't have any material other than comedy songs. And then I heard that last comic standing was auditioning in Nashville, Tennessee. And so I drove there with a buddy and auditioned and made it on there and then made it past the first three rounds. And then I got kicked off because I ran out of clean enough material for NBC. So you were actually on the show last yeah. comic standing. Yeah. What season? That was 2007. Um, so Bill Bellamy, uh, was the, was the host that year. My two judges that got me onto the show were, um, George Wynton, John Ratzenberger from Cheers. They were my original, um, judges. And for those of, those of our listeners who are young, that was a TV show a long time ago. Cheers. Mm-hmm. That's still on. 
Well, like, not still. I mean, there's reruns, but. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Do people still actually watch the reruns? I'm, it's a great show. They should. I feel like you and I have a real Sam and Diane thing going on anyway. So, <laughs> we could. Yeah. A love-hate relationship. Maybe. Um, okay. So, well. Comedy. Yeah, comedy. You know, but you you took that on the road for a few years after that, didn't you? Yeah. And so, after that, um, I was like, maybe I could do this as a job. And I started calling local clubs and bars and uh, area, whoever that I could get my foot in the door and just said, hey, I want to come do a show. And at that time, I still I didn't have any like actual written stand up material. It was just all comedy songs, and it was terrible. Like looking back on those videos, it's horrible that I put those crowds through those those minutes of whatever. But and they paid for it. They did pay for it, like more ways than one. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> guess it was a lot easier to get booked, saying, "Oh, I was on last, you know, I was on the show." Yeah, uh, had to help immensely. Yeah. And opened a lot of doors at comedy clubs I wouldn't have ever even gotten my foot in the door otherwise by saying, yeah. What was the biggest crowd you performed for? Um, it was probably with, uh, at the end, uh, I was doing shows with Saving Able. And so they had, you know, we did a thing in, in Iowa that had a couple thousand people there. Um, so yeah, probably a couple thousand people. Okay. That's pretty cool. Are we allowed to hackle during this show? Sure, sure absolutely. It's okay. not as good as our podcast with the 96,000. No, after they counted the the gate, it went it was over 100, 101. Thousand? I was there actually in that yeah. crowd. It was rowdy. <laughs> we definitely are working off of a multiple. Yeah. Of about 101 <laughs> curve, about 1001 per the people that were actually there. Okay, so all of that led you to starting the FPV experience which was one thing and now it's another thing. Um, it started, well, let's talk a little bit about what you started the business to do. Okay. Um, so this all stemmed from drone racing. I, I, um, during the comedy stuff, I was still doing comedy. And then I literally saw a video on Facebook that was a drone racing video of these dudes in Australia flying these drones around a uh, parking lot. And you basically wear goggles. The drone goes like 80 miles an hour and you control it with thumbsticks like you would a video game. And it makes you feel like you're inside that drone. And so when I saw that, I was like, that's going to be the next video game. I'm like, you know, so complete career change. I called uh, my my the guy that was helping me book my shows at the time and just said, I'm done doing comedy. Uh, I'm going to start a drone racing place. And he's like, what the hell is drone racing? And so, yeah, I, I quit uh, doing comedy. And uh, that was June 3rd, 2016, because I hid that number in my logo, 6316. And uh, June third, two thousand sixteen, I saw that. That's no other. Uh, that's the old. That's the old logo. Oh, you, so you hit it in a logo, and then told us about it. And, and I then tricked it's, you. You could have let me sit here and look at this for like See, forty minutes. That was a missed. That would have been the asshole, Austin. That would have done that. Yeah. Well, I'm still looking for it. <laughs> no, it's in there. Um. Uh, and so uh, June third, two thousand sixteen, I saw the video, and then November twentieth uh, or so, two thousand eighteen, I had the store open in Topeka that was completely all revolving around drones and drone racing and the goggles and everything like that. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about that actual component of it and like what you were doing. So you literally have a hardware piece of hardware. Mm -hmm. It's a goggle and it takes a live feedback from a video transmitter from the drone essentially. And that's gotta be pretty small because these drones aren't real big, are they? Sure. No, they're not. They're about the size of a dinner plate and you want it to be as light as possible. And so, um, the, the video transmitter weighs about one ounce. Okay. Pretty tiny, less than a, smaller than a credit card. And that sends, and that sends an actual display back to the goggles, which you are wearing and it makes you feel like you're flying on top of the drone. Right. Okay. Yeah. So 
Now back to the topic of drone racing, and I'm, I, man, I talked to you about this. We first, did actually. Like we pitched. We pitched it to you guys, um, trying to find funding for the drone racing tour that we were going to take yeah. on. And we actually at one time had a handshake and a "give us the paperwork, we'll sign it tomorrow" kind of thing, and you can have our two and a half million dollars from that guy in California oh. that then ghosted us. <laughs> Not from you guys. No, uh, it was a. It I was, was going to say. I, I seem to remember that. I don't seem to remember that part. No, yeah, no, you, you weren't involved in that. But um, and then the guy ghosted us um, after we left uh, his handshake deal. That's well, not entirely Happens. uncommon, no. is it? Okay, so um, how big is the is the drone racing industry? Um, so I'd say there's probably about forty thousand pilots now around the world that are actively involved in drone in, racing. Just in racing, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's hundreds of thousands of drone pilots, like you know sure. the hobbyists that take their your drone to the lake and film the lake. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, look at the water. From I only here. do it when it's like there's a big party going on and you can spy. Yeah. How often is that? Every weekend, right? You have a drone. <laughs> it's your weekend. <laughs> no, I've never done. Your, it. your weekend is filming parties from from afar. <laughs> yeah, it's a sad it's a, existence. Sounds weird. I, I'm not cool enough to party with those kids. <laughs> you just fly the. You're it. just the, you're just filming the drone. <laughs> oh my god! Oh wow. Uh, okay, so, um, but this isn't what FPV does now, does it? No. And so drone racing is, you know, it's doing decent, but it's not doing as well as we wanted it to. And so... Um, it, it, was there reasons for that? I, I I don't know. It's just not picking up um, quite the audience. It's on ESPN to uh, the Drone Racing League, and all of my friends are on there. They fly on there. and Yeah, I've watched uh, that before. It's really fun. Like if you get into it and you fly the drones, it's awesome. Making it a, a spectatable sport is is the hurdle because after you sit there and watch it for 15 or 20 minutes, it kind of gets boring, right? right. Kind of like any other form of racing. Or uh, watching people so. play video games. But that sure. somehow is about to be an Olympic sport. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Still interesting. Um, it's going to be an Olympic sport. Esports? Yeah, esports. They're giving away full ride like college scholarships yeah. now for gaming. You can get a you can get a le- you can get a letter jacket in high school. Yeah, what for anybody, sports. Anybody can do that. Yeah, yeah. There's still hope for you, buddy. Can you pick up chicks with that? You, totally. Yeah. <laughs> now I lettered yeah. in gaming, baby. Yeah. Check um, out my letterman's jacket. Yeah. Fortnite ho. I have. I, <laughs> I can. I mastered all the Fortnite dances. I earned my letterman's <laughs> there you jacket. Oh, bud. <laughs> the fact that I don't even know what a Fortnite dance is shows that you guys are much bigger geeks than I am. I can do. Your some kids of, just aren't old enough. I know. I don't even want my kids to be into that, but maybe they should be if that's what everyone's doing. Uh, right. The fat will be over by then. Mm-hmm. For video games? For Fortnite. Oh, yeah, I got to gotta get them, you know, trained to do the next thing. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So with this, it's, you know, you, you, we've talked about this for a while and you've had some backers with this stuff and you guys have done some different things. Recently, you decided to take a pivot, which I find to be quite honestly, a lot more interesting than drone racing. I think I'm in that boat of like, I think it would be really cool. Would I really sit through like two hours of it? Mm, Probably not. I mean, I might, it might might be something I'd go to do once, but I'm not sure. Like I'd be like a regular attendee. Like, I mean, people show up to NASCAR, you know, drive hundreds of miles and like make a weekend out of it and whatever. I don't know. I think if drones become like the pod racing where people where there's a little bit more danger involved, it, it'll definitely. Um, Are we mixing Star Wars references? In well, now? yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, I'm. I haven't watched a Star Wars movie in a few years. I just don't have time. But um, 
that's where it's all going. They're, they're getting bigger. They're getting big enough to ride. Right. I think what would do it if when the drones crash, they explode. Right. I think if you add that to it, it'll be okay. Yeah. Some fire. Some, yeah. action. some more explode. action. Some yeah. sexiness. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so now with the recent pivot, let's talk about that. And because, like I said, it seems a lot. It seems like actually overall everything that you're doing with and around this and related to it is actually getting a lot, a lot more heat than the drone part was. So let's, what made you decide to pivot and then what, you know, let's talk about that. You know, we like to talk about the stuff that didn't go well. Sure. As much as the stuff that did, there's a lot of people out there listening that might be in the same boat, you know, pivoting is a, is an interesting topic. Um, I am looking at your logo, which we were joking about. Um, it does, it does look like there is a bra, a training bra from the R, which is meant to symbolize a goggle. <laughs> well, if you're in drone racing, uh, or, or what we do that with the goggles, you can tell that that's a pair of fat shark goggles and fat shark is the, is the goggle that we use, the goggle company we use, but it does look like a training bra and it took me a while. <laughs> and even I, okay. So I made this logo pretty much. I had somebody else make it, but, um, he hung the, the goggles bra on there. Um, but I did this, I named the company. I don't like the name of the company. We're getting ready to change it. I branded everything, you know, now I've got to pay all that money to unbrand and rebrand. But, uh, I, I sat there one day, I was like, holy shit, that looks like a training bra. And so I, I put a picture in my little group with all my, uh, techs and employees and partners. And I was like, does this look like a bra? And everybody's like, oh my God, it does look like a bra if you don't know what it is. And so, yeah, we were like, we got to get that bra off of there. That's not the kind of experience we're trying to these provide. Are, these are the moments. That you look back at and you go, wow, wow. Maybe wow. you should pivot to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sex sells, man. Did you, did you read million dollar bedroom? Cause there's literally a, a section in there talking about choosing your web domain and being careful about what things spell when you mash them together. Right. right. <laughs> like, like compass wholesalers is asshole. <laughs> in the middle like if right. you were a compass Comp wholesaler asshole. like yeah it was the best thing i could come up with it was still kind of relevant but yeah i mean the, the naming and the branding you're coming to like what did, what did fpv stand for first person view okay that's what the technology really uh all, because people say those are vr goggles well really they're fpv goggles but they do kind of resemble um a vr virtual reality goggle set the first person view of the bra yes okay from the tit okay so you're doing more interesting things with this now. Yeah. So uh, basically, um, you know, like you said, drone racing wasn't doing as well as we wanted it to in Topeka. And um, and so I was looking at other other ideas and trying to come up with other things and innovate and, and figure out what else this technology could be used for. And so we I came up with the idea to adapt the technology from the drones, take the components off of the drones and start putting them on athletes helmets and then renting our bra goggles out to the fans in the crowd so they can feel like they're in that player's helmet. The broggles. In the bra. The broggles. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're at now this has actually been pretty popular. Um and Topeka, what's the team? What are they called? The Topeka Pilots. Okay. Uh, and they're North American Hockey League NAHL team. Okay. And so if I go to a game now, can I do this? Yeah. Um, they're done now. The season's done. Um, but we're getting ready. To, uh, they're doing their playoffs in Minnesota. And so that's where I'm heading tomorrow. Um, we're heading to Minnesota to, to demo this. And to, this is going to be our first chance to sell 26 systems uh, to the entire league. And that's a, that's exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. yeah. So so basically, when you put the Broggles on. It. Yeah. 
did we just name something? Yeah. <laughs> so when you put these on though, like when you're there at the event, you're now seeing from that first person view. Yeah. Now, can we talk about some of the other applications that you've seen as possible for this? Sure. Yeah. No, I think, top secret. No, I don't think it's really top secret. Um, so, um, you know, th- there's different areas, even in law enforcement and, and some firefighting uh, things that we've that we're kind of discovering. But uh, body cameras are huge right now. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. absolutely. And so the advantage that we have over what the technology is at right now is that our technology goes a few miles away from you and there's still zero latency. So there's no time in between what's really happening and what you're seeing. Um, and so in some of those emergency situations or if there's a shooter uh, and you want to be able to see all your cops at all the times, and we can we can provide that service uh, with our technology. But uh, the concert venue uh, came about because I was giving some speeches at my my attorney Rick Lejeune in Topeka. He uh, teaches some classes at Washburn University, um, and I was speaking to one of the classes, and I did a Q and A at the end. And this girl raised her hand and said, "Have you guys thought about adapting your sports technology towards something that might interest women more, like concerts or comedy shows?" Um, which was a great idea, uh, but we did discover that there was already a company kind of doing that called uh, Next VR, I think. And they basically, you purchase a ticket to a concert or a comedy show, and I think you put on your Oculus, go- Oculus or Vive goggles, and it makes you kind of feel like you're in the crowd at that concert. Uh, for what I've been told, though, the sound's a little crummy and this and that, whatever. Um, and so I just said, you know, we, we've decided not to touch that market because there's already somebody kind of doing it. And she said, no, you don't understand. I remember this is like a 19-year-old college girl. Um, and I had blinders on at that point uh, about that market. And I just said, um, you know, we're not going to touch that market. And she said, well, you don't understand what I'm saying. Uh, she was like, a few weeks ago, I went to the Imagine Dragons concert here in Kansas City at the Sprint Center. Uh, she said, I paid, you know, 80 bucks for my ticket. I was up in the nosebleeds. She was like, I was so far in the nosebleeds, though, like even the Megatron, I couldn't even see the dude's face, you know, well enough like I wanted to see it. Uh, but she said, as a, you know, poor college student, I definitely would have paid an extra $25 to have your screen so I could see his face from my nosebleeds or, you know, cycle through your cameras and see all the different angles on the stage. And I thought, holy shit, I even turned to my attorney. I was like, that's a brilliant idea. Like, you know, you just opened my eyes and made me realize that I need to take those blinders off. And so uh, we contacted the Sprint Center to see if we get our foot in the door to test with some of their concerts to basically do just that. We can put our cameras on the drummer or on the neck of the guitar um, and all around the stage and on the mic stand. So uh, as the fan, wherever you're at in the crowd, you can switch around on your phone or our handheld tablets and watch these different uh, perspectives that you've never seen before. Can you watch them through the goggles? Yeah, absolutely. You can watch through the goggles. And that kind of goes back to, you know, you you said, what's why isn't drone racing doing well? And I think there's a lot of stuff that has to do just with the the human nature that we don't like having things on our face, like wearing those those VR goggles. Um, and so we started offering these handheld screens and we, we find that people really enjoy those, especially adults enjoy those over the goggles. Um, but the goggles actually give you that, that totally immersive experience, which I think is really cool. So I, so I can wear the goggles and if the camera's on the lead singer of the band, then in many ways, I'm the lead singer of yeah. the band. I can, You're see that hero. What, I can see what he sees and, and looking out at the crowd. While now I think that's, I think that's fucking cool. Like I get goosebumps. Yeah, no, I mean, I kind of do too. Like, I think that that's, I think that's cool. You know, like I I think anybody that's ever gone to a show and, you know, you just kind of wonder, you're like, what do they see? Now I've even talked to like my friends in Humphreys McGee. I'm like, 
what do you guys see when you're up there? And they actually say not as much as you think because the lights are like shining right at them. So they really have like 10 feet of vision or something in a lot of cases. But, you know, how does it feel to be you? What's it like? Like, you know, you're ripping a this just insane guitar solo and there's 15,000 people screaming. Like, what is it? What does that look like to you? Or what are you looking at or whatever? And I mean, I think that that's, I think that that's highly interesting. So you're talking about running out the screens. So could it potentially be like an app on my phone? Um, so right now, from this, the, the testing that we've been able to do with the, with the, with the finances that we have available, um, we've looked at a lot of the options, and it doesn't seem feasible to use a phone quite yet. Uh, let's say... Is it a bandwidth thing? Bandwidth has something to do with it. Um, me personally, uh, just my my thoughts, you know, as innovators and, and, and you always have to think of what's going to go wrong with this. I just think people want their phones for other shit. Like, like they, they, taking they, pictures of the concert. Yeah. And if you're trying to run this high video feed to your phone, your phone's going to die earlier than it should uh, mm-hmm. at some point in time. That's always a problem. Well, then you also like look at the Sprint Center, which, you know, we go to all the events down there. I can't even send a fucking text message. Yeah, the Wi-Fi. The like you'd have to have your you own... 20,000 people like going through a router or something. And now yeah. you're running like 4K or something through right. it. Right. And so you're talking maybe 100 or 200 people with 5G. Um, And so if you want to hit 1,000 people in a crowd, there's no way that that could happen without uh, these little screens. We use RF technology. So, Um, yeah, pretty nerdy shit. So what would it cost? So I walk into the Sprint Center. I can go to a stand and I give them like 20 bucks and I can rent this thing. Yeah, you can rent these little handhelds. They're called Fat Shark Transformer uh, screens, basically. And um, Will the next logo have a shark on it? It should. So, so there's a company that already produces this hardware. You're able to use their hardware. Yep, and it's a drone racing company. And a lot of these drone racing companies, you know, that are are kind of tailing off because sales aren't doing as well as they wanted to, are turning to us and 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 seeing this as a as a viable outlet to get rid of some of their product. You're right. <laughs> so I can see that being really cool of having that device and being able to to you know, especially if there's just at least just cameras around the venue. See, you know, narrow in on the different people on stage or. You know, Michael Bublé, you know, close up, well, like, I, look, I got him on look, my screen, you know, up, whatever. The look up from a front row seat. Like yeah. make mm-hmm. any seat in the venue a front row center seat. That could be really good for like NFL games and stuff too where all that stuff. Right? Well, let's Being talk about have... that a little bit because yeah. you and I have had some conversations. Uh, the thing that you, <laughs> that you said something that stood out about putting them on musicians. You're like, my, my difficulty level just went from a 10 to a 1. Yeah. Doing the concerts is so much easier. Um, you know, we can uh, put the, fr- from the battery power, we can just plug our cameras in on stage as opposed to having to have them battery. And so we have to switch batteries in when we do hockey games. And typically someone on stage at a concert is not getting hit by another person going full speed. Right. Or bouncing. No or collisions or, and no. Um, didn't you say that's why hockey was easier? Because they were, they were gliding, skating, gliding yeah. rather than running or jumping. But some of it is necessarily about on the player too. It's cameras around the stadium. The stadium. It's both. And referees. We found that referees are our best cameramen because they're always ah, watching the action. They're very close. Yeah. yeah. And they've always got, at least one of them always has their eye on, on the puck or the ball. Makes Theoretically. Sense. Theoretically. So they should be. Yeah. Well, like you, for, you like probably for, should have had them on these horses in the Kentucky well, Derby. And that's what something that came about. We didn't even think about when we were developing this. I was like, this is going to be so cool for the fans. And then when we introduced it to the NAHL. They were like, we want this on every single referee because this can help us train and coach referees. This can help mm-hmm. us go back and look at replays for calls. And we're like, well, shit, we didn't even think about that. But yeah, okay, let's do it. Well, think about NFL. Like if you're actually at the stadium, you can't see shit. Yeah. You really can't. 
Um, and you might see one angle on the jumbotron or something, right? But it'd be if 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 you're like on one end of the field and the players are playing at the other end zone, you can't see shit. Mm-hmm. And it'd be great to not necessarily see the perspective of the players even, but at least see all the different video footage of all the different angles, like the goal line view or whatever, right? But I'm on the other end of the stadium, right? It um, keeps the fan engaged, that's for sure. I mean, potentially there's stuff on for people at home might be able to get some of that with some different NFL stuff these days. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help the fans in the stadium at all. Yeah. So do you think the future of what you're doing is as the in event, you know, application, you know, the, the handhelds, the goggles, the broggles, <laughs> um, any of that? Like, is that, I mean, is that where you see everything going? I think to, to keep asses and, and put more asses in seats, that was the problem that we um, originally were trying to solve was, was the lack of attendance at, at professional sporting that, events. That's a huge problem, huge actually. Problem. Yeah, and you know I have a history in the ticket business, and the NFL, actually, the guy that used to work for the Chiefs that now works for us at Full Scale, but he was the very first person that brought it up, and it was like 2013, 2014. He was like, yeah, uh, the NFL is really realizing that they've created – a massive amount of competition for their live product with their television product. It's way better to watch a baseball yeah. game on TV and be able to know if it's balls and strikes and all that stuff. It's right? way easier to watch almost any sport on yeah. TV now. And that, wasn't, great. that wasn't the case 20 years ago with low res TV. And they didn't I mean, we have some awesome, angles. awesome Royals tickets, but they're in yeah. the outfield. Yep. It'd be great to have, you know, an eight inch screen or whatever in front of me that could have a close up of the, the batter and the pitcher and be able to see all that. And then they hit the ball and I look up and it's coming right at my ass. You realize there's a camera in the suite, right? There's a TV in the suite that shows all that. I know. But problem I'm solved. Talk- problem solved. Bring on the next that's one. That's a 1% yeah. problem. But not from the FPV perspective. Yeah. Oh. Th- that's for the one percenters that have a suite. What I'll, about the other 99 I'll invite you eventually. <laughs> 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 okay. I think we need to take a break and play mixtape. Oh yeah. Have you played Rick? Have you played mixtape? No. Oh, you're gonna love this. You you mixtape mixtape. Oh yes, you will love this. Um, all right. So we recently invested in mixtape the game. Um and right now we've got our deck of mixtapes cards, and uh you can find them at mixtapethegame.com. But we will primarily be hyping this up because we're coming out with a digital product that's gonna be freaking awesome. And I think we might need to build a broggle. (laughs) <laughs> into that so you could really like do the angles of other people so anyway i'm going to name a scenario i love the packaging by the way it looks great doesn't the it? cassettes yeah awesome. well totally uh, joel johnson the creator of the game is a gifted uh designer and he made this and i just think it looks cool it so does. so the way this game would work is if we were playing in a party and we had multiple people i would uh, i would pull a card and we will name a scenario and we will all name a song. And then amongst the three of us, we have to vote. You can't vote for yourself. So the scenario is the theme song to the sitcom based on your life. Mm. Okay. So hold on. It's got to be a real theme song to a real show. No, it has to be a song. This is the theme song that goes with the sitcom that's based on your life. And I'm going with Nookie by Limp Biscuit. That was going to be mine. <laughs> I bet it was. Uh, do you got to go to your Spotify? Is he cheating? Yeah. You, well, technically, we would play the song. I'm going to go with the uh, Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. Oh, my God. That's too Rick. A- do the Rick roll. If, <laughs> I, we have, if I had the Broggles <laughs> on right now, I could get. we could do a live stream of you, what it looks like. We wouldn't be able to see you do it then. I think that's it. 
I feel gracious. like you talked about comedy songs. I mean, you'd have to kind Heavens of write to your Betsy. own. You'd have to write your own. I would. I'd have to come up with something original. You have thought about this too long. You've had at least 50 songs go through your head. No, it's a complete blank right now. Oh, man. Like I'm, I'm having a, like a stoner blank. Um, it, music's a hard thing for me because I truly love music so much that there's so many good songs out there. And my life is so fucked up. To match that up with a song is really difficult. Well, I'll make this easy for you. Since you know a lot of songs. Maybe you can just sing us a song. I, I'm not much of a singer. You in said the you shower. did comedy performance. You did songs. comedy music. Yeah. Well, I sang the vagina jam. That's another thing. <laughs> I sold. Okay, so doing comedy. If you want to talk about that being a business, I sold and made way more money. I hope the governor's not listening. Um, w- made way more money selling T-shirts than I ever did telling jokes. Like the goal was to try to hit. 20 shirts a night at 20 bucks a pop. Never made 400 bucks a night doing comedy. You're avoiding the question. What's the theme song to the sitcom based on your life? Um, I'm broke. <laughs> is that a song? It is. Wait, uh, I, I know what it is. I know what it is. I'm going to find it. I always feel like somebody's watching me. <laughs> <laughs> is that because I watched you in the shower? Or I listened to you in the shower? Oh, my God. Um, no, I was watching you guys. You guys did. That's why I asked if the cameras were on because you, I was watching you in the shower, I believe. Yeah. No, that's, that's even more creepy. Super creepy. Um, I, we think gonna, we, I think we better do another card. Are, no, no. No. Is it going to only get We're going to have our first disqualification. No, I want, I want you to hear He's this. literally uh, Googling. Do not play a song that is not licensed. I'm not. <laughs> it's called, I just want people to hear it. It's called, it's by Black Joe Lewis and the Honey Bears. No. And it's called I'm Broke. You can't play it. I'm not going to play it. I'm, play I'm it. not playing it. Okay. I'm not going to give the satisfaction. You're going with I'm Broke. I'm going with Nookie by Lent Biscuit. I don't know why. All right. And you're going with a the Rick, Rick Ross Ross. song. Yeah. Oh this is easily <laughs> this is easily the worst. I, you know broke. what? I'm if you just, heard my song, you'd vote for it. I'm actually just going to declare us all losers on this one. And <laughs> we, will, we will I'm play this that. game on another day. Anyway, right. back to... <laughs> Back to the uh, mixtape.com. Dot com. All right. That was easily the worst. You need to go listen to my song and you'd be I like, will. that really is a good I will. jam. I'm sure it is. I'm broke. And I'm... he sounds like a broke dude. Like he's really down on his luck. Yeah. So my song yeah. really has meaning. You guys just came up with shit. So does Nookie by, by Lint Biscuit. I think there's kids out there that are like, I've never heard of Limp Bizkit. Isn't the first line, I came into this world as a reject? (laughs) No idea. (laughs) Only you would know this. That's right. I'm listening to it. And if you could turn my left headphone up, that would be good. Okay. So anyway. And we're back. And we're back. Oh, man. And we're back after the world's worst round of mixtape. So what are these stones that you have in front of you? Oh, Let's talk about the gifts I I came bearing. I like this. I like this part. I brought a meaningful gift because we all went to a concert a couple weeks ago to the talk. I know it's talk. To the talk concert. So I brought a gift for your your room here. He selfishly rips the back of it off and puts it on his own coffee mug and made your guys' souvenir gift his own. Like he just selfishly like, this is mine now. How the fuck were we going to share a sticker? You put it on, you know, <laughs> you put on <laughs> something in here. You, you put real. it on something and For you real. keep it. And every time you see it, you think, oh, Austin gave us that. Well, yeah. now I get to see his coffee mug. I know, see? I brought you gratitude stones, you ungrateful bastards. You're supposed to pick one. And every time you touch it, you think of why you're grateful for knowing me 
I'm going to play with your stones now. Yes. I told him. You only get one. He oh, won't. you know what's great about these? Oh, my God. <laughs> the for noise. Those, for those of you listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry we've done this to you. Um, the feeling of gratitude is overwhelming me. You know, there's nothing better on a podcast than things you can't see. Yeah. You can hear them, though. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you got your gold shoes on. Oh, uh, wow. I'm so a, that's what you get. Which one do you want? You only get one, God dang it. How do you... Di- gold darn it. What's the difference? They're different shapes. What do you mean? And they're not they're not magnetic. I mean, there's no... They have no cap. I mean, they're nothing. They're just rocks. I got those in uh, Dallas at Billy Bob's. What does that mean? Well, this is where I got them. Okay. I'm just letting you know. I'm letting you in on... The- well, thank you for the gifts. Yeah, yeah thank you. Um, thank you for bringing this our, each our own stone and not making me share one with Matt. Well, much you, like the sticker. You took it. You took it. You yeah. were supposed to put and it on I didn't even and, and I didn't even stick it on smoothly. Now I've got to get Matt his own sticker. Look serious feels quality assurance problems here. Okay, so anyway, back to what we were talking about. This you know, mixtape really just threw this whole thing off. So we should probably play it again. I'm broke. I'll try to get it right this time. Mixtape.com. <laughs> what song will you sing during your audition for The Voice? Uh, Helen Reddy's I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar. I can't even sing. If you say a Rick Astley song, I'm coming over, <laughs> the, I'm coming over the table. Do you guys have the rights to any songs? Can you play any of these on your podcast? No, but we can talk about them all day. Okay. Yeah. I feel like it has to be a Whitney Houston song. She's dead. God rest her soul. Is this too soon to talk about Whitney Houston? Oh, I was just reminding your listeners. Listener. Okay, I mean, I'm going with Hang Tough because I'm going to see the new kids on the block. Oh. Tonight. Yeah. Nice. Hey, yeah. we kind of harmonized in that. Oh. Yeah, you guys were good there. Oh. Yeah, that was uh, maybe one of the better moments of this episode. Um, do you have a song or what? Yeah, Whitney Houston. You're just going to sing Whitney Houston? <laughs> yeah, Whitney Houston. Oh, my God. He celebrates her entire catalog. I will always love you, right? God, dude. No, he means that. Yeah, I will always love So him. we have to vote. And I... I'm going... Um, I have to vote for one of I'm you I'm going two. for Whitney Houston. I love her. Ooh, I, ooh, ooh, I'll ooh. go for Whitney Houston. Right. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm on at every freaking show. They always sing Whitney Houston because she's hard. Is this a good time to point out that you drove here from Topeka to do this? I drove here um, to eat at Chick-fil-A, and then I came to the podcast. We don't have a Chick-fil-A that's open at 10 a.m. in Topeka. So that's my excuse. I had a biscuit, an egg biscuit. Topeka. Is it still called Google? I think they should have just stuck with Google Kansas. It's a uh, Does anyone if anyone listens, to, I don't even know if anyone listening even knows what I'm talking about cuz Topeka wants changed their name for a day to Google Kansas to try to get Google Fiber to come there. Right. Did Google, Google Fiber like, ever go there? No. No. <laughs> it didn't even go to Leewood. I doubt it went to Topeka. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for getting me stoned. Yeah, man. Or the, I have gratitude for yep. the stone. Um, Grateful that you know me. Yeah. So anyway, let's wrap this up and let's talk a little bit about. So you got you have some. You, you say you're going to Minnesota. You're going to go demo this stuff. We're demo. Uh, yeah, for the uh, NAHL for their. Um, and I have the chance, the opportunity to pitch it to them. Uh, they want it, and they just haven't heard the price or anything like that yet. And so uh, they're excited um, to implement it. They're the League of Opportunity, and so they're actually kind of helped me launch this whole thing. They've been really, um, really willing to help us um, get it out in uh, into the hockey world. 
And so, so it's already been in use at the Topeka Pilots, right? So they've already kind of seen it in use. Yep, they've seen it in use, and they also had us up to Boston a month and a half ago to do their all-star game, and uh, so they saw it there. Um, and this is the chance that I get to actually pitch it to all the owners and all the GMs of all 26 teams for next season. No pressure. It's pretty exciting. No, I don't think there's any pressure. That's why I, I am nervous. Um, like the whole comedy thing, no nerves at all. But I've, I've really been kind of starting to get a little nervous the last couple of days. Just the butterflies this is the first chance to really make a big, you know, seven digit sale. If at any point you feel like the presentation's not going well, I'd be happy to loan you a couple mixtape cards. <laughs> if you just kind of bring that up. Um, so how many teams are in that league? 26. Um, 26 teams. And, and what uh, level of hockey is that? Basically 16 to 20 year old kids that have not been picked up by a college. And so this is the league of opportunity, as I mentioned, and they're trying to get these kids into a, a college uh, to play hockey, whether it be D1, D3. And uh, they, I think they have like a, you know, 50 to a 50, 60 kids uh, sign every year. So it's, it, it's a, it's a positive league, um, but they're also connected with the NHL and uh, it's a farm team, right? So all these, uh, you know, like the Dallas stars has the farm team, just like the Royals have up in Omaha. Sure. Uh, baseball so um yeah pretty cool and we uh x games that's a, that's a big thing we got picked up um to go do um the qualifiers in boise in june june 27th through the 30th that might have been relevant like 15 minutes ago well um i just think it's exciting because it's above and beyond the hockey thing yeah you know, skateboards and bmx well it's i want to cool. i want to see what we can do to try to help you get these things strapped onto some rock stars yeah and i know i think your buddies i know a couple but, you know, they, there is a lot of, there is a lot of interest in that. Um, you know, like the Umphreys has a, a deal with a company called tour gigs and you, they do the couch tour. Right. So I can watch some of their shows, not all of them. Like I can stream them at home for like 20 bucks. Um, they've had some issues that they had worked through and they all sounded bandwidth related. You know, they're trying to like stream all this shit. And now you're at like, some lame venue that's got like a you know the shittiest wi-fi ever sure or whatever and it's how do they get all that in and out yeah that's you know that's been an issue and and that's something you know when i was up just up in detroit with johnny our creative director he was um we were talking to some of those guys and they said that the venues are really starting to wrap their arms around the fact that like ev all the people are coming through there they need high bandwidth too because sure. everyone's trying to upload their their shows and do facebook live and do all this stuff and they can't do it when they have and the fans get pissed because it doesn't work and then you also got to think about the on the fans end you know if they have a shitty basic package of whatever the internet is they're not going to be able to watch it anyways right so yeah. sometimes it's not the venue's fault or it's not the the streamer's fault it's um the, the person trying to use it because they have shitty wi-fi yeah god is that still a thing I don't yeah. know. Everybody streams Netflix and Hulu and all these things. This. So, yeah. Are you going to tell us a joke on the way out? Oh, I don't know if it'd be appropriate. It doesn't really have to be. It just can't be totally terrible. Um, oh, no. I don't know if it has to be clean. I didn't really tell any um, inappropriate jokes ever. They were just like gross, gross jokes. A lot of it was like true stuff. Um, like one time I walked by the bathroom and my wife had a really gross pair of panties on. And she was, she had her foot on the toilet and she was doing something with her vagina. And I was like, honey, <laughs> what is wrong with your, with your panties? They're so gross. And she said, don't make fun of these. These are my period panties. And I said, from what period? The Renaissance? Because they look old and 
<laughs> they, didn't, <laughs> they didn't have any elastic. <laughs> uh. So they literally came out of Plato's closet. Oh, man. So if you're interested in making comments about anything you heard on this episode of Startup Hustle. But that wasn't a joke. This is probably the episode to go ahead and get involved in the Startup Hustle Facebook chat. Um, Do you want me to give them a link to the, to the Vagina Jam song? No, okay. I'm going to tell them to visit the experiencefpv.com. Yeah. Learn more. That'd be better. Stay tuned. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thanks, Bye. everybody. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.